I was just watching that video, but it hit me that where he said that I am holy in the eyes of God. How many woke up this morning thinking, man, I'm holy? I know. But isn't it great that it's not dependent upon what we believe or see or perceive about ourselves, but it's what Christ perceives it has made us. It's how God looks at us through, through the sacrifice and offering of Christ, that, that we are now a new creation in him. In the last few weeks, we've been talking on this same passage in 2 Timothy 4, and we've talked about where Paul is encouraging Timothy to adopt and adapt and embrace this new persona, this new image, this new identity that he has in Christ. And as Paul is telling Timothy, it's the same for us, that Paul is speaking to us collectively and individually to embrace who God says we are and to do the things that God asks us to do. So I want to continue with that this morning. Uh, before I do, I want to uh, give some accolades to Alan and to Sam and, and to uh, Carl Noble that they, they and whoever else helped them on the sound system. They have been working diligently all week long to put this new sound system in. So can we give them a hand? Uh, it was amazing. They, they came in, they were so excited, and Carl said, Pastor, Pastor, you got to look at this, you got to look at this. We can do anything with this. And I said, great, make me sound like Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and they said, Pastor, we can do almost anything with this. So I, I struck out. But uh, I, I think that's great. And, and uh, also, just a reminder, we do have a few more things that, that the Good people of our church have baked and made it, got ready because last week we had camp gladiators and now, uh, now we can just indulge ourselves and feel good about it because we exercised for 2019. So it was good. So I would encourage you to go buy it's donations only. You say, well, I don't eat sweets. Well, give a donation because you don't eat sweets. Um, works out really well that way. So No, I want to talk to you today about, in particular, verse 6. In the last few weeks we've talked about uh, where Paul told Timothy, he said, in light of what is coming and, and what Christ has done and, and his kingdom that's going to appear and what you're going to be doing and, and how eternity is going to play out, he said, Timothy, I want you to preach the word. And that's our focus. That's our primary objective is to preach the word. In the book of Revelation, it says the spirit and the bride say, come. That's our goal, that's our responsibility, is to partner with the Holy Spirit to say, come, anybody and everybody, come, come to Jesus. And, and, and we do that in a variety of different ways, but that is our, our goal. Then he goes on to say, and we talked about this last week, that there's going to be some that are going to deny the faith, that they're going to, to not listen to sound doctrine and and he was telling Timothy, he said, Timothy, keep your head in the game. Stay focused on, on what you know is true. And, and with us, it's an encouragement to know that we need to stay focused on what the Lord has asked us to do. But it, it was really amazing, because in this passage of Scripture, he, he's telling Timothy, he's admonishing him to, to live his life to the fullest for Christ. And then he goes on in verse 6, and it's really interesting. He says, for I am 
already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. So the first few verses, he's telling Timothy, Timothy, you're a young man, you're still, you're, you're still vibrant, you're still in the middle of the fight, you're still in the middle of the battle. He said, preach the word, keep your head on straight, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, finish the, the job that Christ has for you. He says, but for me, I am being poured out like a drink offering. That's odd, isn't it? I thought about that for a while, being poured out by like a drink offering. And I asked myself, what is a drink offering? And what is Paul really telling Timothy? See, a drink offering was something that they had in the Old Testament. And it's really interesting. It's, it was about a, a gallon of wine or so, give or take a little bit. And it was offered with three of the five offerings. It was offered with the burnt offering, which uh, signified death, uh, the peace offering, which signified reconciliation, and the meal offering, which, which represented the, the peace that came from sinless, being sinless. So it was offered in accompaniment with those three. And it was only offered after the children of Israel entered the promised land. It was never offered prior to, even though they had they were told you need to do this but you can only offer this offering after you enter in to the promised land it was never it was never offered with the sin offering nor with the trespass offering because there is nothing that can accompany the sin offering or the trespass offering and if you look at our lives and if you fast forward to the work of Christ on the cross there is nothing sufficient there is nothing that is a complement to the sacrifice that Christ did for us on the cross. There is nothing that we can do. There is nothing that we can achieve. There is nothing that we can accomplish. Nothing that we can say. Nothing that we can attain to that will add to or complement the sacrifice of Christ on the cross for us. Because he gave his life for sin, for your sin, for my sin, for the sin of the world. And there is nobody that has ever been that can help or, or entice or develop that sacrifice. That was Christ. That's why there is no complimentary sacrifice to, to the sin offering because what Christ did on the cross it stands alone as the pinnacle in history, as the turning point for humanity. For when that cross was dropped into the ground, it, it, it took a shockwave throughout this earth, and it brought redemption and freedom and, and, and a forgiveness of sins that nothing else can do. The blood of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ, the trespass offering, that trespass offering that when we, when we trespass against God, when we, when we sin, even after we know him, and that there's nothing that we can do, that's the work of Christ. See, the sin offering, the trespass offering, those are works that Christ alone can do. There's nothing that you and I can add to it. There's no compliment to it, for it needs no compliment. But the other three, they were offered after they entered into the promised land. And 
Paul is connecting himself and Timothy, and he's saying, Timothy, I'm like the drink offering. I'm a compliment to these sacrifices. I, I am a compliment to my life is a compliment to the sacrifice of Christ. Paul is telling Timothy, my life has been lived in such a way that it's being poured out as a sacrifice to Christ. Let me ask you a question. And I, I've asked myself this one for a few, few days, a few weeks. Does my life complement Christ? Have you ever thought about that? We look at the sacrifices that Christ does on his own, but, and we could get into detail on these other sacrifices, but I want to focus a little bit on what Paul is saying about this drink offering, and I, I want to bring it home to you and I that do my actions and my words and my character and my conduct, do they bring attention to Christ? In Antioch, the Bible says that they were first called Christians. They, in Antioch, they were first called little Christ. They, they resembled Christ. They, they saw those that were followers, adherents of, uh, of the gospel, and they looked and they said, hey, there's Jesus. There's a little Jesus. I, I, wonder, I wonder sometimes, if, does my life exemplify that? Do, when people look at my life, when they, when, they, when they see me, when they interact with me, when if, is my character, is my conduct, is my attitude, does it bring a compliment to Christ? And, and I, I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about, about that and, and how we can become a complimentary sacrifice because the drink offering was never offered alone. It was always in concert with one of those three offerings. It was never a standalone offering. And that lets me know that the very first thing, that if we want to be a drink offering, if we want to be a drink offering, uh, we need to be, well, I'm going to get there. See, I forgot how many things I had up there. I just kept preaching right through them. How to be a compliment to Christ? Number one, realize that you're not the sacrifice. What do I mean by that? We're the appetizer. He's the main course. You ever looked at yourself as an appetizer? You do now. You'll never get it out of your head. It's there forever. We are, are an accompaniment to the main sacrifice. What Paul is saying to Timothy is this, Timothy, I'm not the main sacrifice. I'm just, I'm just an accompaniment to what Christ has done. My life has been lived in such a way that it has brought glory and honor to what Christ has done. My life has been poured out. We are the appetizer. Christ is the main course. And yet, there are times in our lives that we feel like we are being crucified like Christ. Have you ever been there? You ever felt like in your, in your walk and relationship with God that you are the sacrifice? That your life is the one that's being sacrificed? But what we face and what we experience in this life is really just an opportunity to be a complement to what Christ has done for us. In, in Acts 6, you see the 
the uh, story of Stephen. And, and Stephen was chosen to minister because the scripture says he was full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom and, and power of God. He, he had this relationship with Christ. And when they were looking for those to serve, they looked and they saw Stephen and they said, that is a man that resembles Christ. And, and they chose him. And then as the story goes, that he was, he was full of the Spirit. And, and, and those that were, that, that were against him, those that, that began to oppose him, when, when Stephen began to testify and when he began to de declare the gospel, they could not refute him. So they had to, to lie and get men to lie against him. So, so his life was taken because they had stoned him to death. And you would look at Stephen's life and you would say, man, he was sacrificed. But I want to encourage you for a moment, if you really look at Stephen's life, he was not the sacrifice. He was the drink offering. He was the one that was being poured out. Because at that time, when, they, when those that were stoning him, they saw the presence of God on him, there was a man that was standing there holding their coats. And his name was Saul, that later became the Apostle Paul. And God used Stephen's life to make a drastic change in somebody else that would turn the world upside down for him. I don't know what, what you might be facing today. I don't know what circumstances in your life, but I do know this. We have the opportunity to live our life in such a way that we can be a complement to the love of Christ. We can be a complement to the grace of God. We can be a complement by looking at our lives. They can say, that person is walking through this differently than the person over here because the only difference is they love Jesus and this one doesn't. We have that opportunity in our life to live out our life in the circumstances that, that have befallen us, to bring glory and honor to Christ, to be that complement. Does your life look like a complement to Christ? Am I a complement to Christ's suffering? Am I a complement to his love? Am I a complement to his blessing? Am I a complement to his encouragement? And is the, the way I handle things, is the circumstances around me, how I am handling them, is it bringing glory and honor to Christ? When we look at it, when Paul was telling Timothy, he said, Timothy, man, my life is being poured out like a drink offering. I have been a complement to what Christ has done. Isn't that amazing? That, that, that Christ invites us into this relationship with him? That, that we have the opportunity to, and get this, it's, it's following the Holy Spirit. But when we follow the Holy Spirit and we do what the Spirit wants us to do and we're following Him and we have the right attitude and we do the right things and, and we have the right Spirit within us, it brings glory and honor to Christ. And do you know what happens to us? We receive glory and honor from Him. It's incredible that, that He gives us the opportunity 
to follow him and sets us up for success. And the only thing we have to do is be obedient to him. The second thing is that besides realizing that we're not the main sacrifice, and I'll be honest, there's been things in my life that have happened and I thought the Lord was just crucifying me. You ever been there? Felt like everything was going wrong? And what's the old story? You might as well eat green worms and die. Uh, you ever felt that? So low that you could play handball on the curb? I mean, it just, I mean, low. You had to look up to see the bottom. You felt gloom and despair. I know. And you're, re- and you're thinking, an agony of me. Deep down depression. Excessive misery. You didn't think I knew that one, did you? There's times in our lives that we're going to feel that way. But we have a choice. We have a choice to realize whatever is befalling us, we're not sacrifice. Christ is the sacrifice. We're the complement. And whatever he wants us to endure, we can endure. And whatever he wants us to rejoice with, we can rejoice with. It's really up to us to choose, to decide, as Paul did, my life is being poured out as a drink offering. And ask yourself, am I a complement to Christ? The second thing is, besides realizing that we're not the main course, is, is that our attitude toward whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, is essential to being a, a drink offering before the Lord. See, because the drink offering, that wine gave a, a sweet smelling savor to an aroma to the offering that was at hand and and i've asked myself does my attitude bring a sweet smell and aroma to to those that are around me does my life offer a sweet smelling aroma when when things are going awry i remember once you know and i'd like to it, it wasn't in this church because you guys are like mary poppins you're practically perfect in every way But I, I, in one of the former churches I was pastoring, we, we were going through a, a difficult time. I know this is going to be hard to believe, but we actually had a family in the church that was really obstinate. I know. You never hear of that, do you? And, and I haven't received so much grief from one in my entire life. But we endured it, and we walked through it, and we tried to minister and tried to develop them, and, and eventually they left. And, and some months later, I had a, a family come to me and tell me, they said, Pastor, we're here today with our family because we watched how you handled that situation. You don't know who's watching you. And what you're facing today, your attitude, could be the deciding factor of somebody else saying, I'm all in with Christ. I've seen what you're going through, and I've seen the attitude in which you're going through it with, and and I want that. Attitude is just an essential component to being that drink offering. Others can be attracted. See, our attitude is the one that determines how sweet the aroma really is. Does my attitude 
Does my attitude give that sweet aroma that I have a life that is saved by grace? Does my attitude give the aroma that, that I am forgiven because I forgive? That I am loved because I love? I, I have grace because I give grace. There is a powerful, powerful understanding about attitude. It's not only realizing that we're not the sacrifice, but, we're, but our attitude and what we face in life is essential to being that drink offering. And here's the third thing I want to go through, and then, and then I'll quit meddling in your life. If you want to be a drink offering, it not only requires an understanding that you're not the main offering, nor does it require your attitude, but it also requires submission to God's will. Notice when Paul said, I am being poured out. When you look at the terminology and you, and you look at the original language, it's passive. Paul is not saying, I'm pouring my life out as a drink offering, because we can't do that. 1 Corinthians 13 says, though I, I give my body to be burned and I don't have love, I am nothing. And what Anything that we try to do on our own, try to pour our own life out, is profitless to us. It requires that, that we submit to the will of God. What Paul was saying was, listen, my life is being poured out. I have submitted my life to the will of God. And it's not what I've wanted. It's not where I've wanted to go. It's not who I wanted to preach to. It's not who I wanted to minister to. It is whatever he wanted me to do, I did. Whatever, wherever place he wanted me to go, I went. Whatever he wanted me to endure, I endured for the gospel's sake. And I have learned that no matter what state I'm in, I can be content. Because... If I want to be that drink offering that brings glory and honor to God, I have to submit my will to His. The difference is, and I've said this many times, but it's, it's one of the greatest challenges in the Christian faith. Am I working for God or am I working with God? Am I allowing God to, to work in me or I'm just trying to do good things for Him? And I applaud the effort of trying to do good things for God. But you will never experience being a drink offering until you quit trying to pour yourself out and allow Him to pour your life. Allow Him to direct your life. Allow Christ to pour your life out. When Peter received the vision of, uh, of the animals, when he was at Simon the Tanner's house, and, and, then, and then Cornelius had sent people to him, Peter didn't understand where he was going. Peter didn't understand that, that, that Christ had died for, for all, even though on, in Acts chapter 2 he said that this gift is to all that the Lord shall call. He didn't understand that it was going to be to us Gentiles as well. But Peter decided to act on what God had, had 
asked him to do and went into a Gentile's home and preached the word of God and watched the Holy Spirit flood them. And in doing so, Peter became a drink offering that the Lord began to just pour on the Gentiles. It's important to understand that, that if we want to be that, that person of Christ, that, that one that is passionately following him, as Paul said, we need to realize that we're not, we're not the main sacrifice, nor is our attitude has to be correct, but also our life has to be surrendered. And that is one of the hardest things to do. I, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they had been wrestling with what the Lord wanted them to do versus what they wanted to do. And it was life-changing, life-altering decision that was doing a 180 in their life. And, and, and everything that they wanted to do, they, it was changing their retirement. It was changing everything about them. It was a difficult decision. You know, not, some of the things that the Lord asked us to do are not easy. It sounds easy being poured out. But none of us like to be poured out. Sometimes we just want to do the pouring ourselves. And yet we were reading in 1 Peter 5, 6, where the scripture says, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due season. And it's really an interesting, interesting passage. Humble yourself. It's an imperative. You humble yourself. And yet it's passive. So what he's really saying is, you allow yourself to be humbled. Because it was God that wanted to do the humbling. And it was God that was going to do the elevating. And Peter said, allow yourself to be humbled that God may exalt you in due season. Man, there, I'm promising you this, it, there are going to be times in your life that you're going to come across some people that are going to rub you the wrong way. I know you don't believe me, but it's going to happen. And you're going to stand up and defend yourself, and the Lord is going to say, I want to use you as a drink offering. I, I want somebody to see a right attitude. I want somebody to see the grace of God. I want somebody to see the mercy of God. I want somebody to see the love of God. And he's going to say, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and I'll do the exalting. The problem is, I want to do the exalting. When somebody offends me, I want to stand up and defend myself. But there are times you can do that. And then there's times the Lord will say, humble yourself because I want to pour you out in, in the presence of others that they can see that your God is loving and gracious and kind and merciful and full of forgiveness. Paul, talking to Timothy. And he says, Timothy, stay in the game, brother. Stay in the game. Preach the word. Endure the hardship. Be, do the work in evangelism. Finish what Christ has for you. 
But for me, I've already done that. And my life is being poured out as a sweet-smelling aroma to bring glory and honor to our God. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. As they are coming back, I, was, I like the, the passage in, in, in James, James 1, 23 through 25. Listen to what James is telling, telling us. He said, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. You ever do that? I look in the mirror and five minutes later after I'm gone, I mean, I think I look 30. Then I look in the mirror and I say, who is that old guy? That's what Paul James goes on to say, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. He's talking about the gospel, the grace of God given to us, and continues to do this, continually looks into the law of grace, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. How many of us want to be blessed by the Lord? How many of us want to live that blessed life? How many of us want to say, as Paul was able to say, at the end of our days, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. It may not seem right. It may not seem just what, what you're experiencing. It, and it may not seem correct or righteous. But perhaps, just perhaps, could God be using you to be poured out as a drink offering to bring glory and honor to his son. And if that's the case, can we realize that he's not doing it because he's mean to us or hates us? But he wants to bring glory to Christ. And that our attitude is essential that we, that we realize that, that we want to bring that sweet smell and aroma to fragrance that people would look at Christ favorably and that we are submitting our will to His. Would you stand with me today? I don't know, I don't know if, if this passage of Scripture has touched you. It, it's impacted me. I want to be that drink offering. I want my life to be poured out. I want to stand against all of the thoughts that go through my head about how my life should live, be lived and how, where I should go and what I should do and, 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 all, and how I should respond to the circumstances in my life. I want to, to submit my will to His and I want to have the right attitude that, that I, everything I do, I want it to bring glory and honor to Him. 
Can I, can I encourage you today? Take your life. And again, as you did when you gave your life to the Lord, you said, and, and listen to that statement, give your life to the Lord. When you said, Lord, it's all about you. I need a Savior. And you gave your life. You surrendered your life. You surrendered, surrendered your will. You surrendered your attitude. You surrendered everything that you had and said, I'm all in with you. And here's Paul talking to Timothy, and he's saying, Timothy, I know you've already crossed into the promised land. You're already filled with the Holy Spirit. You're already a follower of Christ. You're already a son of God. But now you're in the promised land, and you're beyond the sacrifice for sin and trespass, and now you're standing here, and now you have the glorious opportunity of being a drink offering before the Lord. Allow your life to be lived in such a way that it brings glory and honor to Christ. And when you do, on that last day, when you stand before the Lord and He looks at you and says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Nothing that you have endured in this life, nothing that you've experienced in this life, the times that you could have retaliated and you didn't, the times that you could have spoken evil and you spoke good, the times that you could have done a curse and, and, you, and you blessed, all of those times that, that you made that conscious decision to have the right attitude and to allow the will of God in your life and allow your life to be poured out even when other people didn't understand. At that moment when you stand before Christ and you hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, nothing else will matter. Nothing in this life matters beyond pleasing Him.